Welcome to the Center in the City podcast. I'm your host, Wade Brill, and during this series, I'll be interviewing various thought leaders, wellness experts, and humans on how they practice sustainable self-care and mindfulness. We'll get real and raw, talk about the light and the shadow side of self-care and mindfulness, and how we can actually stay centered amid the chaos and the hustle and bustle of our modern day world. So settle in and get centered. This podcast episode is brought to you by Centered in the City, a virtual on-demand self-care and mindfulness platform with over a hundred different meditations, journaling prompts, nourishing recipes, and Pilates flows, all designed to support you feeling calm, focused, and energized as you live your life in this modern day world. For more information, head on over to centeredinthecity.org and claim your seven-day free trial. Welcome back to the Center in the City podcast. Before we step into today's solo episode, I want to celebrate that the Center Yourself This Fall Challenge within Center in the City is officially live and we start on September 19th. I wanted to launch this challenge because I know that the transition from summer to fall is kind of an abrupt one. We go from all of this bright, bubbly, playful summer energy to shifting into sweater weather and kind of this pressure to get focused and get into back to school vibes, which feels really nourishing. And at the same time, there's kind of this like, oh, what, what's happening? And wanting to ground into a different routine as the season changes. So we're launching this challenge to collectively help the community regrounding into nourishing practices for our mind, our body, our spirit. So if you're interested in having some more support, whether you're Center in the City member or not, to transition into fall and center yourself, head on over to centeredinthecity.org slash center dash yourself dash this fall. A link is also in the show notes for easy access. To check out the challenge and sign up, share with a friend, a portion of proceeds goes to supporting the Loveland Foundation, which helps make mental health support accessible to black women and girls around the country. I look forward to seeing you inside the challenge. On today's podcast episode, I'm going to do a deep dive exploration into what what I learned, what I got to practice, so many insights that I gained from building an outdoor grill, kitchen, sink area with my husband. So let's settle in and let's get centered. Now let's be real. Doing a house project, construction project, is never easy and it always takes longer than you think it's going to be. Now doing a house project and construction with just your partner also can have warning signs all around it. But I wanna highlight six takeaways and learnings that I gained from doing this recent construction with my husband and hope that my insights can also offer any wisdom or inspiration into your life and what you're working on or what you're practicing. So let me build a little bit of context here. My husband and I met in Buenos Aires, Argentina, 
about over 10 years ago. And part of Argentinian culture is having a parisia, which is another word for grill, and offering something that's called asados, which is another word for barbecues. Now, asados in Argentina are very different than in the States. In the States, in the United States, we have mostly electric or gas grills or charcoal grills that we get to speed up the process. We get to just turn it on, grill some meat, flip it a few times, flip maybe some asparagus around or corn and and kind of call it good. But in Argentina, there is more of a ritual when it comes to having an asado, having a barbecue and hosting. Typically, food is served right when it's ready. And there's a rhythm of which meat typically you put on first and which one is offered first. And so there's a whole ritual and sense of slowing down time and connecting with community and enjoying food and relaxing and unwinding that my husband and I just both really were drawn to. It's a part of the culture that speaks to our hearts. And when we moved into our house about seven years ago, we knew that we wanted to have a Parisia and offer that same sort of community connection and love because those are huge values of ours. So we bought this grill about seven years ago. We got it custom made in Arizona and we had been in kind of analysis paralysis about what do we want to do with this grill? How do we want to encompass it into our home? It needs a roof and then it kind of was taking up so much space and you know we got into a lot of analysis paralysis about all of the possibilities and potential with it. We've also talked about expanding our house and so if we expanded our house we would have to tear out the grill and so do we want to invest money and time into doing things right? All of these questions that come up when you're doing home projects. And so we sat on it for a very long time. One of the things that I am always observing about myself is how I can easily get into analysis paralysis. I can get trapped by, well, we could or we should or what would be the best answer or right way to do this and da da da. And when I get trapped into that thinking, it can leave me feeling really stuck or procrastinate or avoidant on making a decision. So one of the things that I've learned from this experience when my husband and I said, okay, let's do this grill, meaning he's building a roof, which he did this year, and we decided to tile the grill so it looked a little bit more clean and organized and welcoming, as well as we built in a sink and a bar area. So it became kind of more of a full outdoor kitchen experience. I posted some of this on my Instagram story. So If you are a follower in in the community, maybe you have some visual insights to it. And if not, I hope you follow me on Instagram at One Wade as another fun way to stay connected. One of my takeaways from this project is realizing that sometimes you just have to make a decision. I look back on these last seven years and I wish we would have taken action a little sooner. That staying in the analysis paralysis was actually not helpful. And so just committing to an idea and executing it helped move us forward. And I say this not 
to be reactive. Like when you have an idea to like, oh, let's build a pool in our backyard or, oh, let's expand the house or, or you know, let's renovate this room or repaint the walls to not necessarily be reactive with house projects or with just life projects in general or life actions, but to trust yourself enough to make a choice and know that whatever choice you're actually making is moving you forward. Even if you realize you don't like the choice or you realize that you wish you painted a different color or you wish you interviewed at different jobs before you took this job whatever it is it moves you forward because it gives you insight otherwise when we stay in analysis paralysis we're staying stuck in the same world and we're not expanding or learning what could have what could be or what could have been or what do I actually like or what works if we're not making choices, we're not taking action. So that was a huge reminder for me that sometimes any action can be good. And again, not reactive action, but some sort of intentional action to move you forward. So that's one of my huge takeaways. A second takeaway is to set a deadline for yourself. So when you have a goal or something that you want to accomplish or achieve, so in my instance, creating this outdoor kitchen setup, it could be writing a book, it could be reaching out to have some coffee conversations with people for networking, it could be setting up dates, is to create a deadline for yourself. Create a deadline for this this goal and this intention that you are building. Because without a deadline, it becomes this loosey-goosey container. And deadlines become this way for us to create focus and direct our attention. So for instance, we got some motivation from one of our friends that was like, wouldn't it be awesome if you guys could have your grill and bar area, kitchen area set up by the time you have the summer barbecue. And I looked over at my husband, and this was a week ago, and we just had our barbecue yesterday. And I was like, can we do it? Can we sprint and get this done in a week? And so we sat down and committed to this deadline to have as much of this process done. And believe me, it was a very stretchy deadline. It pushed us both to kind of our maxes of exhaustion, which is an interesting thing to play with. It was a it was a sprint for sure. Tears happened on my end, like, you know, all of it. All of it what happens when we're under pressure. But having a deadline becomes this focused container for motivation. And on the other side of the deadline, we had celebration. And that's another takeaway. The third takeaway is to celebrate. It's to celebrate your deadlines, whether they're micro deadlines or it's kind of the end of the project, is to really celebrate it because that helps tell your nervous system and your brain it helps reward yourself for all of that hard work and focus and energy that you put into something and when we feel that award happening inside of our brain it then makes us want to remember to keep doing things to keep growing to keep setting deadlines to keep achieving things that matter to us and so we had the celebration of this barbecue which was a beautiful moment to connect to our friends and community. It was the biggest gathering we've had 
post-pandemic and it just made my heart explode because I got to see all these people that I love in one space at one time and have that sense of community and connection that just fills up my cup. So that celebration was so important to, to be that cherry on top. The fourth lesson is to set an intention, okay? And I mean this from multiple lenses. Set an intention when you're starting a project. Not only how you want to feel and be when you're doing it. So for instance, my husband and I set an intention that we were going to make this project feel fun and loving. We wanted to make sure that we minimized the bickering and the stress that can come with construction and projects and collaboration. And so we set an intention to help us really focus on fun and love and ease. And that really helped me, I'll speak for myself, anchor back into what do I want to be focusing on. It also helped us really get clear on what are we trying to get done by our deadline and to have more of a clear action plan laid out versus, oh, we'll just try to, you know, get some things up here and da-da-da. But it was like, no, we want to get it tiled, completely tiled, and we want to get our bar up and we want to have our sink installed. And then anything else is just kind of extra gravy if we can get it done. So setting an intention really helped us as a team stay focused on what we wanted to be achieving and how we wanted to be being and showing up for one another, which, you know, when you're working on projects is really important. So whether you're in a team project or on a partnership project or a family project, to recognize what and how you want to be bringing the energy into the space. For instance, we made sure we were playing music and I emphasized that we, you know, made fun, nourishing food that kept us feeling fueled. And and if either one of us started to get grumpy or frustrated or start to lose our shit a little bit, we'd come back to our intention. So it was very grounding and refocusing. My fifth takeaway from us doing our outdoor kitchen project is realizing how rewarding hard work is and to realize that nothing is ever done. Let me repeat that. Nothing is ever done or complete. You might think you're complete, but there's always more to do. And just to remind myself that I can put a lot of hard work in getting to a certain point, but to realize that there's never the end of a journey. There's always more to do. So for instance, we had this goal to have everything set up before having this barbecue celebration. And when we went to install the bar that we made out of wood, there was a little bit of the measurement off. And so we had to saw it off and refit it and resize it. And so we got it in in time for the party. However, even though things are quote unquote done, we got to our certain point. 
it's not done. We need to go back and we need to resand and refinish that corner that we sawed off. We need to finish the leg of the bar. We need to finish uh, covering up the piping around the sink. Like there are all these little things that we get to do. And so I just, it was this realization that we're never done. Everything is always a journey. And sometimes that can sound exhausting, but I think for me, when I put that into perspective, it was freeing. It was a sense of, wow, we got to this huge step, this huge milestone, this huge deadline, and there's always more to do. And how can that more to do feel expansive and and growth orienting versus like, ugh, there's still more to do and I have to keep it on my to-do list. There's a different way to view it that really shifted for me. It made me feel more empowering and it's something I've used in my business. Like there's never a there. It's always a next iteration. There's always that next version. And so I think when we can put things in that perspective, it softens the trajectory and it takes pressure off of that version needing to be perfect because again there is no perfect there's always just the next iteration and when we can do that it just creates so much more freedom it created so much more freedom for me so that's a huge takeaway a takeaway that I will bring into many other corners of my life and the sixth and final takeaway that I'll mentioned is the practice of patience. Now, patience is something that is so hard for me to practice. I don't know if it's just that I'm a New Yorker. I don't know if it's just my temperament or I'm a Taurus, whatever it is. Patience is really challenging for me. And I got to practice a lot of patience. My husband is luckily, I think, one of the most patient people I've ever met. And so he his emulation of this quality inspired me and I was welcomed to practice patience because again if I wasn't patient when I let my impatience take over I was not adhering to the intention of fun and love I was creating more angst and frustration and tension when I let my impatience out and so my intention helped me practice staying as patient as possible. It helped me practicing patience. And I want to be more patient. This is something I'm wanting to grow and practice with. And so one of the one of the tools that I use, and I again posted this on Instagram, was I started to dance. So anytime I was waiting for him to measure something and I was waiting to help cut or paint or whatever we were in that in-between stage when impatience loves to take over I would start to dance I'd start to just move my body and find some joy and let the impatience kind of disintegrate and I would shift my mind out of that and I notice that I tend to do that sometimes when like I'm waiting for the train or I'm waiting for something to cook in the kitchen. Dancing just helped me feel joy and it helped me metabolize the impatience and it helped me shift my mind to just embrace the moment at hand. 
you know, one of the things I learned on my month-long silent meditation retreat, right, is we can't speed up time. And so why not shift our perspective to embrace the moment, embrace the discomfort, embrace whatever's arising, the boredom, embrace the unpleasantness or the neutral because we can't make it go away. And so for me, when I noticed impatience showing up, it was just this opportunity to embrace it, to dance with it, to be with it. And when I was with it, with with this love, with this curiosity, with this kindness that mindfulness allows us to cultivate, it then turned into more joy and ease and I could feel the impatience shifting and taking a different shape. So that was a huge lesson for me that I will continue to practice and explore and notice what develops. So thanks for listening to my six lessons and takeaways from doing a house project with my hubby. I would love to hear what you're learning about yourself through your own projects, whether they're personal or professional. What are some of your takeaways that you're integrating into your life? What are you paying attention to and noticing? Please join the discussion with me on Instagram at OneWade. And if you found this podcast episode helpful, insightful in any way, please share it with a friend. Until next time, stay centered.